0: In order to like earn your spot in the office, you got to do two years of uh, manual labor out out in the shipyard. Uh, learned a lot. Um, it was you know cold winters out in Brooklyn, like miserable. And at the time, you know it was a little bit frustrating, long hours commuting. But once we got a chance to get into the office after those two years, it was hugely beneficial. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams.
1: All right, guys, appreciate y'all joining us today on the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I've got Joseph Hughes. He's the owner of Contractor Dynamics, a marketing training for Uh, a marketing training company for contracting companies. He's got the Nailed It podcast, which is nearing about 100 episodes now. I had the honor of being a guest on that podcast. He's also a top industry expert, educator, and speaker in the trades. And he's, on top of all that, he leads the Impact Syndicate, a leadership mastermind aimed at creating deeper impact in the lives of others. When he's not leading contractors, he's loving and leading his family Running marathons and developing himself in every aspect, Joseph. Welcome to the show, brother.
0: Man, thank you, dog. It's so uh, so good to be here. I appreciate that, and uh, yeah, looking forward to
1: this. Awesome. Well, we met, uh, I'm sure, briefly. You know, shook hands, pounded fist a few times in Apex, but we really didn't get to know each other until uh, I was a guest on on your show. And I I do want to say that was probably one of my better guest appearances. I felt like. Maybe just because of the symmetry that we have in our businesses, but um, I feel like you kind of asked the right questions and brought that, you know, the, the good nuggets out of me. And uh, so much so that I want to, you know, I asked you to reuse that episode in my podcast because I feel like it was just great for for my listeners as well. So we're going to be doing that once yours releases. Um, but let's talk about you. Let's talk about um. Huge marine firms. So, when I was looking at your profile, you were you were basically saying that you've been working since the age of fourteen in the trades, and that's kind of where you learned how to work around uh, you know these other like leadership type men. So, what kind of impact did that have on you from working at uh, fourteen years old?
0: Yeah, so I guess like a lot of us, or a lot of, like people like me in the construction industry, it's kind of like in your blood. You grow up in it, maybe a family business or a friend or something like that. And so I was fortunate enough to grow up as a family member in my family's business, Hughes Marine Firms, which started back in 1894, and they're still going strong today. So uh, I was a sixth generation family member working with my dad. My two uncles are the owners. They still are the owners. Uh, My cousins and a bunch of other people. So yeah, my first job, I live here at the Jersey Shore. My first job was uh, hopping in the back of a pickup truck, going up to Brooklyn, New York uh, to work in a shipyard when I was 14, um, you know, working seven to three. So got up at 5 a.m., got home at like 5 p.m. And it's like, it was a long day, like blue collar, manual, hard labor every day. Uh, The hot summers, uh, mostly the summers, you know, obviously I I went to school and all that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. then during college, like I I would work during the winter, spring break, you know, just working at every opportunity I could to to make more money and, you know, continue to, to learn new things. And, uh, it's interesting, you know, as you look back on your, on your teenage years or maybe in your twenties and, you know, things that might've sucked at the time, but you kind of extract the lessons as you get older and wiser. And, uh, I think a couple of things that, that I learned there, um, number one, the, the value of, of, hard work and, uh, you know, just, just doing hard things and just working hard, like that's irreplaceable. Uh, and then the other thing is really empathy and, um, Consideration for others. I literally worked from people from all over the world, like South America, Asia, like Europe, like you name it. Um, people from all walks of life, as you can, you know, maybe imagine in a in a blue collar like shipyard setting. Um, so different perspectives, you know, just different outlooks on life, different backgrounds, you know, eating different types of lunches and things like that. So. Uh, I think that helped me develop a, a really keen sense of empathy for others and you know their situations and things like that uh and an appreciation for you know some of the things we have in this country that sometimes we I believe take for granted so um yeah I mean learned a lot there that was awesome but those are two of the biggest lessons that I kind of you know that are kind of baked into my DNA today
1: so at this point you know your family's company is 80 or 90 years old which is insane in the first place I don't think I've ever <laughs> you know, even met anybody that was part of a family business that was that old, right? Um, So that's, that's amazing in itself. So being in the company was that old. I mean, obviously, you guys were probably somewhat well off in the family business. So did your, did your parents do that by by design? I mean, did they, or was that more you saying, Hey, I want to go work in the family business. I want to learn this. I want to learn it from the ground up, not having that entitlement. Like, you know, kind of what happened there to where it was like, hey, you're gonna go work hard, manual labor, even though you may not necessarily have to.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, we had to actually. Uh, it was part okay. of the uh, the SOP, if you will. So my cousin Brian, Brian's my age. We started out at 14 in the shipyard. Obviously, we're not going to start out working in the office and right. doing anything significant. So like, we were painting barges and tugboats, and we were you know, welding steel as we got a little bit more, you know, a little bit older, driving tugboats, like forklifts, like, you know, fun stuff when you're a teenage boy growing up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I graduated, graduated college, my cousin Brian graduated college, uh, he was a year ahead of me. And uh, I tried, you know, I, I sold financial uh, products for, for a little bit, sold municipal bonds uh, up in North Jersey for a few months, um, didn't go right into the family biz because I was at the mindset of, you know, it's there if you want it. Like there was never like kind of pushed on you. Gotcha. Um, it's there, it's there if you want it. And I, I didn't want to like, just, you know, be given something right. Like I wanted right. to go out and like it create something it. of my own. And my dad was the same way when he first, uh, when he got out of college, he was a cop for six years and did that thing and did shift work and all that. And then got into the family business after that. Um, so I did my own thing and then realized like, that's not, I, I didn't want to be in that big corporate, you know, environment was wearing a suit every day that just was never for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so Brian and I, my cousin Brian and I, uh, were we're like, all right, you know, we're, we're ready to commit, um, ar- around the same time. And they're like, all right, well, you gotta, in order to like earn your spot in the office, you got to do two years of, uh, manual labor out, out in the shipyard, uh, two straight years. And, um, so at the time, you know, graduated from college, we're like, you know, kind of feeling proud of ourselves. And, you know, we get thrown right back out to where we basically were when we were, you know, seven years ago when we were 14. Um, and you know, that was that was fine. Like we're not, you know, like too proud to do anything. Uh, learned a lot. Um, it was, you know, cold winters out in Brooklyn, like miserable, like like miserable, like when it's cold now, we have cold days here in Jersey. Like I think about those guys out there, like what they're doing. Um, And at the time, you know, it was a little bit frustrating, long hours commuting. Um, But once we got a chance to get into the office after those two years, uh, it it was, it was hugely beneficial because, you know, number one, we learned so many different aspects of the business and number two, and probably more importantly, we, we kind of earned the respect of, of everyone out there that you know when we went into the office we were then kind of managing those people so it wasn't like you know we're big shots you know boss's son's getting into the office just telling people what to do and bossing people around it was like no like you know if we're going to kind of you know lay out the projects for this week like we understand how long things take you know we understand that if there's weather uh if it's too hot or too cold things are going to take longer like you really have that understanding and and respect so um, you know, the, the old guys knew what they were doing, I guess.
1: Yeah. And that's massive. Like two things. One, you can tell that the generational values were passed down and that you guys didn't turn up your nose to it. Cause you're college educated and working manual labor and everything. Cause you did it when you were in high school too. And so I love that those uh, values are passed down. That's something that I've been big on lately is, you know, building an intentional legacy and the the values being uh the the number one thing that has to get passed on versus the purpose uh businesses or the material things, right? Yeah. So you, you can see how they were really passed down to you guys. And then the second thing is, you know, that's why they've been in business for a hundred years, a hundred plus years now, right? Because they put those SOPs in place, whether it was for family or somebody off the street, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's that's an incredible. Uh, incredible story, and uh, two really great points there. So um, let's fast forward a little bit. You've been working in the family business for about nine years, and then you decide to again, branch out on your own what What mindset were you in at the time, and what made you take that leap? I mean, you had you had the American dream, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and you you put in the work. You know, as well, on your end, so you had earned uh, a place in the family business. What made you want to go out on your own?
0: Yeah, I guess I had the American dream, except for one missing ingredient, which I think a lot of the audience will resonate with, and that's that I did not create something of my of my own, which I had a desire to do. And uh, yeah, so worked in the office for uh, seven years or so and learned a ton about small business everything from sales and marketing to, uh, you know, banking and insurance and like HR and like everything that you, you know, almost everything you could have learned. Really grateful for that opportunity. But I was around 30 years old at the time. We were starting to uh, talk about having kids and um, and I was just like, you know, hey, I'm not making baller money, but, you know, it's good money, health benefits, company car, you know, the whole deal. And I could do this for the next 35 years and retire. And that's a good life. You know, it's security for sure, which is something that a lot of people aspire to. But I was like, you know, that just doesn't excite me as much as like the opportunity to go out there and create something of my own. And also to have some more flexibility over my time and, you know, uh, this is back before, like working from home was like a thing, right. Right. So like working from home, being around kids, like, you know, just having that flexibility. I was commuting 45 minutes each way to the office. Um, and you know, I didn't, that's, you know, it's not like the worst commute in the world, but it's also an hour and a half every day where you're just like, you know, you're listening to back then it was like, you know, books on CD and audio books and podcasts and things like that. But, um, I didn't want to do that. So, um, it was a hard decision. It was hard to say like, hey, dad, like I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do next. But I know that I need to kind of, you know, jump out of the plane and build my parachute on the way down. And um, I muddled over that conversation for like a good man, almost a year. Just like, how do I do this? Do I really want to do this? Like talking with my wife and finally had that conversation um, in my parents' kitchen the day after Thanksgiving. I'll never forget. It. I was sweating my ass off. <laughs> and I'm just like nervous. And I'm just like, man. And I just kind of like blurted it out and had the conversation. It was fine. Um, you know, now that we have kids, I realized that, you know, your parents just want you to be, be happy and secure and have a roof over your head and all that. And so that was the case You're like, I just, they didn't really know what I was going to do, but they trusted I could figure it out. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, we have a, an awesome relationship, you know, with my dad, my uncles, my cousins, everyone in that business. Um, I you know, still get invited to the family Christmas party or the business Christmas party every year and all that. So it's all good. Nice. Um, but I just had that desire to like, Hey, you know, we got one life to live. I, you know, I want to go out and create something of my own and, uh, see what I can do, you know?
1: No, that's awesome. And, and again, I think another example of those values being passed down and, you know, Once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur, you know, whether it takes you to your 50 years old to take the leap, or in your case, 30, right. And so uh, that's an awesome story there. So you went out, did you start Contractor Dynamics right away? Did you start your own contracting company? How did that uh, transition work?
0: it was uh you know i had a business plan i had it all written out typed out and everything like that but like as as most people know like that's doesn't mean anything until you actually put yourself out there and get out into the market and try to sell some stuff and you know figure it right. out uh that's your real business education and i had a business degree from college too but like you know that's all theoretical stuff so right. um the first six months I, I i was uh i had an interest in marketing business and so I was just kind of networking and and doing you know websites for small local businesses and doing some other sort of marketing for basically you know anyone that that needed help and wanted to pay me some money you know that's kind of the game trying to figure it out. Uh, luckily, my wife at the time was uh, you know fully employed and full time job in the financial industry, so I had a little bit of a runway there. Uh, and it was about six months into that that journey. Um, that I, I went through like a, an incubator business incubator program in New York City. And uh, basically it was like, hey, you start this, this six week program on day one we uh, will help you figure out like a business idea. And then uh, week six, you kind of graduate with like a fully uh, formed like uh, MVP, like minimum viable product that you're going to test in the market. So I was like, all right, well, you know, let me go through this thing. Let me, let me like really dig into this contracting things. I had the background, I had a, you know, passion for marketing and saw the tremendous gap uh, or need for marketing in the contracting industry. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that was the genesis of contractor dynamics. Um, I've made a lot of business mistakes uh, over the years, but one of the things that I'm really happy that I did is really like niche down and, and focus on, a particular market uh, that served us really well and served our clients really well. So um, yeah, that's how that was born. Um, 10, almost 10 years ago. Crazy to think.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you you can tell through your, I mean, it's, it's incredibly effective. I, I would say the reason that I wanted to get you on the show was because, you know, once you asked me to be on yours, I started researching you and, and uh, I was actually, no, it was a week later I was researching Kurt Linnington. And when I Put him into youtube uh, because i was just looking for b-roll from one of my episodes we mentioned him in the episode i wanted to do a content piece for him and um i was looking for b-roll and i searched him in youtube and your video interview of him for your podcast came up and it was done so well and and put together really well and there was a lot of like b-roll throughout Uh, great questions were asked it was great conversation and i was like man he really does know how to market for this industry and so what would you say that a lot of contractors are deficient in right now when it comes to their, their marketing programs? What would you say you're seeing?
0: Oh, man, uh, what do we, where do we start now? Um, <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love, I love helping because there is so many different ways you can go with that, but mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's most, uh, companies are still like looking to like buy leads and like you know, um, outsource everything. And and most owners, you know, most construction company owners are like, hey, I'm running this business. I'm wearing 14 hats. I'm working 12 hours a day. Yeah, this marketing thing. Yeah, I know it's important, but like, I don't have the time for it. I don't want to learn it. I don't want to figure it out. I just want to like, I just want to pay Doug to like make my phone ring or I want to go buy some right. leads or I want to go, you know, find some guys that can knock on some doors. And that's, that's great. Uh, very few companies, very few construction companies have a, system for like predictably and consistently generating their own business. So they're like outsourcing their customer generation, which is one of the biggest aspects of any business, like the ability to generate customers. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that, that we, uh, are passionate about uh, training companies on how to tell their story these days. Naturally it's, it's on video sharing their content, uh, building their brand, generating their own opportunities, their own sales appointments, uh, So that's, that's one kind of paradigm shift that we try to help everyone make is like, all right, you've always like try to outsource this very key aspect of your business, take some ownership over that. And not to say that you can't work with like an outside marketing agency, but like take some ownership of like your ability to like tell your story and get on video and create a culture and attract top quality team members to your organization. And, um, at least have, you know, some semblance of a marketing system or process in house. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it creates more than just a consumer lead. It, Like you said, it creates uh, lead leads of top talent out there in the marketplace that come looking for you because they see your content, whatever that may be. And I think that's incredibly important. And then it creates uh, a, a huge lead source, which is referral partners, right? You know, that, That's the whole deal is people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust, and you can't create that until you're creating the content which you do, you can't just outsource that because that has to be real and it has to be genuine, you know? And so I think that's that's a massive part of it. So yeah. market, marketing is your specialty, but what do you teach your contractors once the marketing works? So in terms of, you know, I know you're not just doing marketing, you're doing an overall coaching sometimes. And so once that lead comes in, you know, I'm curious uh, to what your system is or what you're teaching those contractors how to convert them into com- customers.
0: Yeah, there's uh, there's a whole system as with any other aspect of business, but uh, we go through five pillars. I'll go through them real quick. Uh, it's number one is getting clear on their foundation. So like start with the end of mind, who are your perfect customers? What projects do you want more of? Uh, who are the ideal team members that you want to attract? Uh, number two would be creating content to like, cut through the noise and get in front of those people, you know, whether it's property right. owners, if you're a contractor, whether it's uh, potential sales reps that you're looking to hire, like, what's that, that messaging, that content, that's going to get them to like stop scrolling to pay attention and to engage and reach out to you from there. It's about distributing your content, getting your content out there. Um, not just to your mom and your, you know, 12 followers on Facebook, um, but to your market, right. Your ideal prospective mm-hmm. clients, um, consistently. So that's usually social media ads, which is what we train our clients on. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, getting, distributing your content so people actually see it. Uh, from there, it's understanding how to like, look at the data. Okay, man, I'm, I'm running this content, maybe run some ads. How do I know what's working, what's not? How do I make decisions based on that data? Uh, and then the fifth part, which you kind of asked, um, is, is sales. So that's having a lead handling system to make sure that you're getting back to every single lead within five minutes, automatically 24 seven. So, you know, lead comes in at midnight tonight. Uh, You're not going to, if you're like me, you're not even awake, but like, you're not going to respond to that lead right away, but let's have some automation going out to that prospect, that homeowner, that property owner. Uh, Hey, Doug, uh, thanks for, thanks for uh, submitting your information. We appreciate the opportunity to help you with your project we will give you a call in the morning or we'll give you a call promptly to schedule your appointment. In the meantime, go check out some of our Google reviews or some of our video testimonials that other customers have said about working with us. Um, so basically keeping that lead warm until you can get to that phone and set that appointment uh, and then having a, a follow-up system, having a long-term nurture system, uh, those are all parts of, uh, of you know of marketing, right? Because like with contracting, it's a high consideration purchase. Like let's take roofing, for example, if if someone schedules a roofing appointment for Saturday and you give them a quote for a you know, $20,000 roof replacement, well, they might be ready to go, but chances are they got to think about it. They got to think about, you know, do I need to do it now or can I wait a couple of years? Do I need to, are these guys good or should I go with these guys? Should I price shop them? Should I get other estimates? Like I'm busy. I don't want to deal with this right now. Um, that's usually a big part of it. Like we're busy. We just don't want to deal with another, you know, contractor right now um and so like keeping in touch with those people long term uh is is huge and that's a big part of what most contracting most companies in general uh miss right the ability to like stay in front of those people that have already reached out to you and put some level of trust in you like they might not be ready now but in six months when they're ready are you going to be top of mind are they going to remember you are they going to be like who is that guy who came out? came out he had the beard he was nice i forget his name
1: i don't know so, I can't fight his card.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, just keeping them in your, we call it the ecosystem, right? Like once they're in, it's like they're, you know, they, they have to opt out or, uh, you know, or just tell you to, to to screw off or whatever, but like continuing to, to stay in front of them with value uh, is huge.
1: Now, that makes a lot of sense. And what I like about the, the five points of your system is what you're doing is you're leveraging time, right? So... I can say I'm a construction company and then I can get, I can pay for construction leads, right? But that could be a driveway. That could be a roof. That could be a patio. That could be a a home add-on. I mean, and like you said, the first thing you want to do is get clear about what you want. You know, maybe we're really good at driveways. our, Our job times on those are really fast and our margins are high, right? So we want to focus on those. So by the time the consumer comes in, we've not only... Identified them, but we've prepped them for our culture and our business and how we do business, right? So by the time they actually get in front of us, they're basically seventy to eighty percent closed. At this point, we can train someone on how to convert that lead very easily, and they don't have to be this talented, amazing salesperson, you know. Whereas in the past, you know, it was all on the salesperson. You got to generate the lead, you got to bring in a lead, you got to convert the lead, and then you get paid a a, a huge commission for that. Versus you know, the system that you're talking about, you have a lot more control over the different pieces of it and are able to optimize it that w- in ways that work for your business. And the, the second piece of that, that's huge that people forget about is like, you know, hardcore closer, right? Close or die, you know, sell or be sold, that whole thing. It's like, yes, I mean, you want a sense of urgency in your close, but at the same time, you also can take confidence in your follow-up game. And that you know that, hey, if we don't close them today, they're in our pipeline, we're going to stay in front of them. We have automations and uh, manual, some manual processes in place too, to maintain that relationship and stay in front of them, stay top of mind, which is, is massive, I feel like, especially in my industry, because I'm in door to door, right, it's all buy or die, you know, impulse now. Um, we just started putting in systems in place over the past year that once we knock on that door and they give us their name and their email that they're dropped into a CRM cool. that, that we stay in front of them, you know, versus in the past, we would have never even jacked with that, you know? So now we're becoming more of a hybrid. Okay. We're an impulse sale, but at the same time we can do the the marketing as well on the back end. You know what I'm saying? Cause we generate the lead at the door. Right. Right. And so, and then we're, you know, obviously playing with uh with the solar company. We're playing with online marketing, YouTube ads, pre-rolls, all that good stuff as well, and figuring that out. Um, but that's a huge turnover that I feel like business in general has had over the last five years. It's like, okay, we don't have to do this hardcore close. We can we can massage the customer on the way in. And if they we don't close them, we can stay in front of them on the way out and end up closing them anyways through maybe an automated process or something like that.
0: 100%. Yeah, and that can turn into to be a better customer that's going to appreciate that and maybe give you a, a better review, uh refer other people to you like hey, you know Doug is really cool. He educated me. He wasn't pushy. I came back to him when I was ready and and we you know now we're so happy with our solar system, you know. Um as opposed to like, you know, maybe trying to sell them on when they're not ready and them having a bad taste in their mouth or something like that. Um, you know, obviously there's nuances there, but uh yeah. it's, you know, the long-term game to me, that's, I, I'm more of a marketing guy than a sales guy. So um that's, that's a game I like to play, but, uh, you know, it's good to have both, right? It's good to have that, that door to door, that, that, you know, sales process right there. But then if they're not ready, then, okay, don't, don't forget about
1: them. Like, just stay in front of them, yeah. right? 100%. And so, uh, when it comes to Contractor d- Dynamics, you know, and I know you have your uh, your mastermind as well, um, the uh, leadership mastermind, the Impact Syndicate. Um, what is kind of the next the next step for you guys in, in both of those businesses?
0: Uh, so, Contractor Dynamics, we've been going through EOS this year, Entrepreneur Operating System, based on the Traction book and this whole series of books. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, we actually uh,
1: operate on EOS as well. We're right. we're due, we're due for our quarterly rock call right now.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, we just we have ours this Friday. So nice. uh we've been implementing it this year seriously and it's been a game changer. It's really been uh eye-opening. I have a couple of mentors that are kind of guiding me through it, and um, so I've been delegating and elevating a lot this year. We're hiring more people um getting out of my own way as an owner uh removing myself as the bottleneck so that's that's been awesome an awesome part of my journey and and uh and I love developing leaders within our team uh we've got an awesome team people that have been with us for a while we're looking to hire four or five more by the end of the year and uh that's that's what I'm passionate about uh I love serving our clients too but now that we kind of have a team to serve our clients like I and, and loving this kind of phase or this season of my business where really developing leaders within our company. And uh, that's really fulfilling, you know, hopefully for them, I know it is for me. And I uh, kind of a three year plan uh, for this business to by the end of 2025, that it is completely run by a leadership team. Uh, I'm on the board or on the leadership team, but I'm not, you know, I'm not driving the, the ship. Uh, there's a, a team that's driving that. And uh, you know, from there, I'm not sure, you know, but that's kind of my my three year three year plan. I really want to build this business as an asset, um, and not just like an owner operator, you know, type of business. So, um, so that's that's cool that we got that you know pretty clear plan and, and vision in place.
1: Yeah, I'm a big uh, champion of EOS. I love that system. It was introduced to me by an old uh, operational partner and his wife uh, about four years ago. And uh, I got off it for like a year and you could tell, you know, and then I got back on it and things got dialed in again. And, you know, one of the things I noticed about what you said is, you know, you've got the next three years kind of planned out or how you want it, how you want it to end up. And you didn't really talk about 10 or 20 or any of that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, you know, cause people always say, Hey, you should have your five and your 10 and your 20. Well, you know, focus is a superpower. We talk about focus a lot in Apex, obviously, and you can tell you're really dialed in on accomplishing that task. And then I'm sure you've got some other things in your back pocket that you're thinking about too as well. So that's that's really awesome. Um, so the last question, this is something that I ask, you know, all my guests, and uh, I'm been super interested in it. I'm gonna write a book on this someday. Um, but the question is, what does legacy mean to you? And what legacy are you going to leave behind?
0: Man, uh, that's a good one. Legacy is is uh the impact that, that you can have on other people. Uh, and I guess when it pertains to the definition of legacy, I guess that would be after I leave this uh this planet, uh, leave this body. Um, so yeah, we do have a, a mastermind that you mentioned called impact syndicate, and that's all about like how can we create the biggest impact in not biggest, but like the most meaningful impact in our family and our community, our teams, our industry, the world, like whatever your level of desired impact is, like how can you make that as meaningful as possible? Um, and one of the things, yeah, you kind of alluded to like, you know, might have something in your back pocket. Uh, one of the, one of the reasons I want to build contractor dynamics the way I want to build it um, is because I, I think the next, one of the next things I want to do, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of focus. Like I have one, I've well, one business and then a mastermind. I don't have a whole bunch of different businesses. I appreciate people who do, but I just don't operate like that. I, I like to focus. Um, but, uh, you know, within the next three years, I will um, start something local. Uh, maybe it's a local business. Like our business is is national, which is awesome. I love it. But I have a desire to start something local so that we can, uh, my son is 10, our daughter's uh, seven, so that we can... Uh, you know, I don't want to say train, maybe teach uh, kids, teenagers, uh, life skills, things that you're not learning in school. Uh, Things like we learn in Apex, things that you and I are, you know, studying on a personal development level. And I think most of the audience probably is too, you know, leadership, communication, developing empathy, maybe creating a business plan, starting a business, managing your your bank account, you know, things like that, Uh, buying a car, like all these like things that you don't learn in school that that I I'm just passionate about um from a personal development perspective I would love to be able to pour into like teenagers on on how to how to do that stuff so um so that's uh that's that's something that I think would be a next chapter in my in my life and hopefully uh you know make an impact and and leave a legacy that way
1: No I think that's a great plan and it's rare too you know it's 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 rare for successful business people to pay it forward like that, you know, in, in our communities, obviously we see it happen more and more and more, but, um, you know, kind of starting at the root, which is when they're in high school and they're impressionable and they're sponges and they're learning so much, I think is, is going to be massive for you. And you're going to see that impact for the next, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And then long after you're gone, that's going to be massive. Um, and I love that you're doing it local too. You know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that, how I can make an impact locally, and you know, right now we're doing the uh, watchdogs program at my kids' school. Uh, dads of great students, you patrol the halls, you get involved in the classes for, and it's just like one day or two days a semester. And uh, so I'm heading up that program. And that's how the first step in making that local impact, right? And because I do, I, I believe in that too. We, you know, we do so much that's nationwide or across the US. You know, we can install solar anywhere, but it's like, what are you doing in your, to impact your local community? That's one of the difference makers that we have in our business too, as well as hey, we're local. You know, Corpus Christi, San Antonio, Houston. We all live here. These are our communities that we're supporting and stuff. So, oh, wow, that's Joseph, cool. Program. Um, I think uh, we have a lot of listeners that can definitely uh, utilize your services, whether it be Contractor Dynamics or your um, your mastermind. Uh, if they are interested, where do they reach out at? Uh, yeah, the,
0: the easiest place probably business wise is ContractorDynamics.com, our website. From there, you can link to our YouTube podcast, all the all the socials from there. If you want to connect with me personally, Instagram would be a good way for that at Hey Joseph Hughes. And uh, you know, I'm not that big of a deal. So I respond to all messages and all that stuff. So um, <laughs> I love people, I love interacting, I love helping, yeah. and uh yeah, l- would love to connect with anyone and just you know point you in the right direction or give you some tips or content or you know, however I can help.
1: Yeah, and then and guys, Joseph is one of those people that gives so much value in just his content that you can get a huge ROI from that alone. So definitely follow him. Uh, His all his links will be in the show notes for you guys to take advantage of there. Joseph, you got anything else for us?
0: Man, uh, no, that was great. Good questions. I love how it tied into business, personal life, family impacts, like all the things. Cause like, you know, how we, how we do a, uh, one thing is how we do everything. I believe that. And uh, you know, that's how you, you operate with integrity um, by being consistent in all areas of your life. So um, yeah. Awesome show, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. I appreciate the final thoughts too. Let's get building.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't
1: recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.